You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, today we're starting a, a brand new kind of mini-series, if you want to call it that, mini-teaching series. It's called The Blessing of God, and uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I would like some, some of the blessing of God in my life. Amen? Am I, come on, somebody. I want some of that. Give me some of that, that blessing. That sounds good. The, the good news is this. As we look at God's Word, you're going to see that God's desire is for you to experience His blessing. Uh, is that financially? Ap- sure, yeah. Is that more than financially? Yes, it is. It is way more than just, I, I, got, I have money to provide for my needs. Yes, God is provider. That is that is correct. That's one of his names. However, um, God's desire is that you, you would experience his blessing in every area of your life. That is uh, mentally, that is with favor, that is um, at, at the job site, that is wherever you go, that the blessing of God would be all around you. And there's some things that we can do um, to partner with God to experience his blessing. And so over these next three weeks, there might be a fourth one in there. I never know whenever I put a series together. I always leave it open-ended. I never cap it at, hey, this is a four-week series. Well, we'll see what God wants to do, right? <laughs> I may have uh, three messages, but he may have four, and so we'll probably do four if that's the case. Um, and so here's the thing. Uh, we're going to be talking about generosity. We're going to be talking about, yeah, we'll be talking about money, but it, it's so much more than that. And today, uh, specifically, we're going to talk about the heart. If I'm going to experience the blessing of God in my life, it all starts with me and you. we got to look at our own heart and ask our do I have a heart that is prepared to receive the blessing of God, that is uh, doing its part so that I can receive the blessing of God in my life? And I would just say this, uh, a spoiler alert for today, uh, a generous and a grateful heart unlocks the blessing of God. Uh, If you want the blessing of God, it's going to start with you having a generous heart and a grateful heart. And those two things God loves to bless those people who have that kind of a heart. So we're going to be talking about generosity, and in that, I want to show you one of the most popular verses when it comes to giving, and it's found in Luke, uh, Luke 6, 37 through 38. Most of the time when we talk about giving, we only talk about Luke 6, 38, because Luke 6, 6 38 is the encouraging part of it. Um, but this is why it's important to read verses in context, right? So let's read it, and I'll break it down here. Uh, Luke 6, 37 through 38 says this. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Right? Makes sense. Now look at it in verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in or poured out into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Right? So Luke 6.38 sounds good when it's just by itself, but we have, to, we have to realize when it comes to being generous and when it comes to having a generous heart, it, um, it's more than just money, right? So here's the, here's the question, and you can answer this. Um, is the word money in these verses? You can answer, right? No, it's not. It's not a trick question. It's not in there, right? It's not talking specifically about money. When we read it in context, one of the things that we're seeing is that we're, it's much more of just a, a physical thing. It is a heart issue. Generosity is a heart issue from, from the very beginning. And so this is why it's important to read God's Word in context because we see that give and it will be given. Um, really, it's talking about some heart issues, which is this. If I give judgment... Uh, judgment will be given back to me, right? If I give condemnation, it's going to be given back to me. If I give unforgiveness, right? If I choose not to forgive someone, what's going to come back to me? Unforgiveness. And here's the part that doesn't sound good, right? Like if I give judgment, uh, judgment will be given back to me, uh, good measure, 
<laughs> pressed down, shaken together, and running over, right? I don't know about you, but I don't want that in my life, right? I don't want that judgment that's running over in my life. That's not what I want. That's not what we're after. So here's what we have to realize. Yes, um, this is talking about giving, but it's talking about giving from a heart issue. Now, does that mean that this doesn't apply to financial things? No, it doesn't, because here's the thing. Give, and it will be given back. That is the principle of sowing and reaping. That's a spiritual law. So when we look at Scripture, we see it all throughout Scripture that when I sow, I am going to reap. And depending on what that is, I can sow good seed or bad seed and whatever it is, I'm going to reap that in return. And so here's the thing. Many times we'll read Luke 6.38, and we'll, we'll read this, and that will be our motivation to be generous. Well, I want to give so that I can get something in return that is good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But here's the thing. We don't give to get. This is the misconception. We get to give. I get to give. It's a privilege to give. Why? Because we have the heart of the Father who so loved us that he gave. Right? So here at Abide Church, we say our mission is, is this. We want to help people live, love, and look like Jesus. So to live like Jesus is to serve like Jesus. To, to look like Jesus is to represent him in power and in purity. But to love like Jesus is to give like Jesus. To love like Jesus is to give. Why? God so loved that he gave. Okay? So this is what we're talking about today. Giving comes from the heart, <laughs> but it's much more than just giving financially. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit, but it's much more of a heart issue. So it's not just limited to money, um, but when you learn to give and have a generous heart, then you can experience the blessing of God in every area of your life. So let's look at point number one here. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture. Point number one is this, reject a selfish heart. If you brought your physical Bible, you can turn to Deuteronomy 15, and uh, we're going to look at basically a, sh a few short verses here in Deuteronomy 15. But point number one is this, reject a selfish heart. Reject a selfish heart. Okay, Deuteronomy 15, let's look at verse 7. It says this, if there is among you a poor man, a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from the poor brother or your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye will be evil against your poor brother, and you will give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Let me give you some context here, okay? Let me give you some context. Uh, in this context, um, basically, the, the way the system worked at this point in time is that every seven years, debts were canceled. This is the year of the release. How many of you say, I want in on that system, right? Every seven years, cancel the debts, right? I'm going to get that new car on year six, uh, about month 11, right? And so year seven, um, my debt will be canceled. Uh, that sounds pretty good. That's how it worked right here. And so what he's doing is he's setting up this situation where he's saying to us and to the people that he's speaking to, he's saying, look, when you see someone in need, that's your brother, give to them. He said, you're going to be tempted, though, at some time to not give to them. Why? Because you're going to say, well, this, the year of release, year number seven, is right around the corner. So if I give to you and you can't repay me in time, I'm going to have to release your debt. And so what he's saying, you're having selfish thoughts before you even give. This is what he's showing us here. So, yeah, we read a lot of verses and a lot of stuff going on in here. But he's saying, look, what's happening is you're afraid to be generous because you're afraid they can't repay you. And he's saying, you're missing the whole point. Your selfish heart is, is allowing you to miss the whole point. 
Even if the year of release is right around the corner, that's not the point. The point is, do you see the need and do you have the means to meet the need? And if you do, do it. (laughs) Meet the need. Um, Selfishness is what we see in Scripture right here. Selfishness is wickedness to God. Selfishness is wickedness to God. Why? Because it's anti His character. It's anti His character. We serve a a God that's so loved that He gave. We serve a generous God. We serve a God who is provider. It's one of His names. It's anti His character. And so here's what we have to realize. In order to reject a selfish heart, I have to realize that selfishness is in my old nature. So we are born selfish into this world, right? Anybody have kids or been around kids, right? We are born selfish. You watch some kids play or, uh, or be on the playground, whatever it is, it's easy for them to say, hey, this is mine, right? This is my toy. I'm not going to let you play with it until somebody else plays with another toy. Then they want that toy, right? Selfishness we are born with. But here's the key that we have to realize. We are born again generous. We are born selfish, but we're born again generous, Does that mean that happens right overnight? No, but the potential for it does. So here's what happens. The Holy Spirit, when I'm born again, the Holy Spirit inside me, he can't help it. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God. He can't help but want to be generous, but I have to allow him to work. The Holy Spirit wants to do a lot in your life, but he's also a gentleman who stands at the door and he knocks and he's saying, if you will let me, I can do more. And this is the principle of generosity, is it starts with the heart. Holy Spirit wants to be generous. He wants you to give, and why? Because you're trusting God. He wants you to build that faith. However, I have to put feet to my faith and go do it. I have to walk in obedience to him. And this is why in James 4, 17, it says this. It says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Meaning this, when I see someone in need and I have the means to help, and I don't help, and it's not just about money, but it's about maybe my time or my effort or, or my gifting or whatever it might be, my talent. If I have the means to mean it and I don't, that's wickedness. God's word says it's sin. It's, it's point blank, it's sin. It's sinful for me to hold back what God has entrusted me to give to others. Now, does that mean that I give so much that my family is homeless and poor and in the, in the streets that I can't even provide for my family and put food on the table. That's not what we're talking about here. And we'll see this in scripture as we continue on. We're talking about when God has blessed you in a way that you've stewarded correctly and you have margin in your life, whether it's your time, whether it's your money, uh, whether, whatever it might be, whether it's at your job and your relationships, when you have margin, only then can you truly do ministry. And this is where people miss it. Without, without margin, there's no ministry because you're just surviving and taking care of your needs. But God wants you to steward in a way that you have margin so that you can say, I see that need and I can meet it. I see that need and I can, I can, I can step in right here and do something about it. Let's continue reading that. We're, we're going to see the big picture here. So reject a selfish heart. Point number two is this, overcome a grieving heart. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. In this, this short passage in Deuteronomy 15, overcome a grieving heart. Um, and I'll say it like this, have you ever given something to somebody and uh, immediately afterwards you thought, man, I wished I wouldn't have done that? Anybody? Come on, we can be honest in here, right? My hand's up, come on. Like, man, that was, that was a lot of money or that was, I, you know, you, you gave it, but you were like, I know I'm supposed to, but you had the temptation, maybe you wouldn't admit that you did it, but you had the temptation to be like, man, I kind of, 
wished I wouldn't have. You had this moment, right? This is what we're talking about here. So look at Deuteronomy 15, verse 10. It says this. It says, he's commanding it. You shall surely give to him. That's your brother. We're picking up where we left off. Surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all which you put your hand to. Okay? So let's look at this. Your, your heart should not be grieved. Here's what we see. Selfishness, when it comes to having a generous heart, selfishness attacks before you give. Grief attacks after you give. And both are wicked. Selfishness attacks before. So selfishness will keep me from being generous, which keeps me from truly living like a disciple of Jesus. If I'm not generous, I'm not walking like Jesus walked. And so selfishness will keep me from doing it, but grieving will, uh, will hurt me after I do it. And I'll show you why here in just a second. Selfishness attacks before, grief attacks after. What we have to realize is this. We don't have to grieve when we give because we are giving what isn't ours. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, it's all his. It's all his. Your money, he's, he's, your, your, your health, your uh, talent, uh, he's, it's all his, okay? <laughs> he is the Lord, meaning he has say over what you have and what you do, and he has allowed you to be a channel now for him to use. I only grieve when I think it was mine to begin with, when I think I'm my provider, when I think I'm the source of, of my life. At that point, who then is the Lord of my life? I am. However, when I trust God to be my Lord, my Savior, He's my provider, now it doesn't mean I don't, I, that doesn't mean I go off and I operate in foolishness. There are boundaries to this, but I'm saying in the basic principle of your heart, grief will come and try to steal the promise from God. The only time we grieve is when we give, uh, when we give is when we thought it was ours to begin with. And here's a great example of this. When you, when you talk to anybody that is a tither who gives their first 10% to the local church, I've never ever met a tither who said, I wish we didn't tithe. Not once. Not once. I've, I've met a lot of people who said, we can't afford to tithe. And we'll talk about this in a few weeks. I, I, we can't afford to tithe. Here's what I hear what tithers say. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. Why? Because they realize it wasn't mine to begin with. All I'm doing is honoring God with what he has given me. And when I honor God with what he's given me, I can now operate in the blessing of God. Because here's the promise. Let's continue, let's continue on at the bottom of this verse right here. What does it say? I don't grieve when I give because I believe the promises of God. God will bless my works and everything I put my hand to. So look at this. Your heart should not be grieved. Well, it's easy to say, but how, do, how can my heart not be grieved when I give something that I really was close to me or I, I, I wanted to have, right? How do I, how do I not grieve? Because, because of this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all which you put your hand to. So how do I overcome a grieving heart? I have to realize that if I am in grieving, it reveals a lack of faith in the character of God. Let me say that again. If I am grieving when I give, it reveals that I have a lack of faith in the character of God. Why? Because God's promise says this. Again, it's sowing and reaping. I don't, this isn't my motivation. This is, I'm saying this is how you overcome a grieving heart. When I feel tempted to be like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that, even though it was a good thing, I say, hang on. God, you said 
because I walked in obedience, because I gave when you commanded me to give, I can expect blessing and prosperity on my work and in everything I put my hand to. God, I choose to believe that and I choose not to grieve because grieving is wickedness. God will bless my works and everything I put my hand to. I don't grieve when I give because I believe the promises of God. It's really that simple. But I've gone a lot of my life and, and battled a selfish heart but never addressed my grieving heart. And that's the detail of, 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 of God's heart for us is that if I'm gonna, he's saying if I'm gonna give you my entire blessing, you've gotta trust me before when you give and after you give. <laughs> Not just at one moment. Every step of faith is followed by more steps of faith, okay? And so trusting God before, I heard from you, I know your word, I'm gonna meet the need, and then God, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna reject the selfish heart, and then I'm gonna overcome a grieving heart by trusting your promises that you are gonna come through whenever it feels like I don't know how I'm gonna make it. So let's look at the positive now. If we continue reading in Deuteronomy 15, here's the third point is this. I need to develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. Now here's the thing. We've talked about this a lot over the past few weeks, but developing something, it takes a little bit of time, right? The Holy Spirit inside you wants to be generous, but my flesh and my mind, if not renewed, will keep me selfish. And so if I want to develop, um, like, so here's a great example of this. Before I, me and Leslie, uh, before I met Leslie, uh, I don't know if I ever had chips and salsa. I know I've shared this before, and people are like, what? Yeah, okay, don't, don't get mad at me, okay? Like, I just didn't, I just didn't, we didn't do that. We didn't go to Mexican restaurants growing up. Like, we just didn't have chips and salsa at the house, right? But, but Leslie and her family, it's like, hey, you need a snack? Get some chips and salsa. Like, they got it everywhere, you know what I mean? And so, uh, for me, I never had it. But what happened is, she introduced me to chips and salsa and I'm like I don't like spicy but then I'm like well it's kind of good though and so I've but what happened is I have developed a taste for something that years ago I'd be like no it's disgusting I don't want that red chunky stuff okay I don't want that give me some cheese that sounds good but I don't want the other stuff right but now I have an appetite for it now I've developed an appetite for it and this is what happens with generosity I have to when I put feet to my faith and we're going to talk about this in the, in the coming weeks I, I am truly stepping out in faith and God will show up only when I take a step of faith. And that's the balance of, man, I think I've heard from God. I'm like 90% sure, right? But I'm not going to know 100% until I take a step. And when I take a step, it's either, ah, no, you didn't hear from God or you have heard from God. But I got to take a step. And that last 10% is a big deal of when I'm truly trusting God. Development takes time and it takes action. That's how I develop a generous heart. Let's, can, let's look at, uh, again, Deuteronomy 15, verse 14, it says this. It says, you shall supply him, again, we're giving to the, the person in need liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. And look, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. Again, throughout scripture, we're gonna see this time and time again, what? It ain't yours. <laughs> it's not yours to begin with. What God has blessed you with is what you're giving. Look, it ain't yours, you're the steward of it. You are the steward of it. And again, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to get into some of that stuff in the, in the next couple of weeks here. But um, giving something that is dear to me is the true fruit of a generous heart. If you're someone who likes to hang on to their money <laughs> and God asks you to give or to fill up someone's gas tank or to buy someone's groceries or shoot, to pay for the person in the drive-thru behind you, to pay for their meal or their drink, Something simple, 
when God asks you to tithe or to, to give towards an offering, that's when it really shows if I have a generous heart or not. You know, as a kid uh, growing up, me and my brothers, when, around Christmas time, we, we didn't have a lot of money to go. Like, I didn't have a huge allowance to go and buy each of my brothers a brand new present. And so one of the things we did, we're just like, we're going to go through our toys, pick out a toy that we can wrap and give to our brothers. So we would, we would all do that to each other. And I don't know if you guys ever, I don't know if that was your idea or if we just kind of did that. I'm not sure. But um, it was kind of cool because, right, I didn't have to go buy something and I didn't have a lot of money to buy something with anyway. But one of the things I, I always did, and I don't know if my brothers did this for me, but I did this for them, okay? So... Put a tally up for me, one, one for me. Um, I, ch- I would find a toy that I knew they liked that was mine, and that's the toy that I would give. Because I thought, in my mind, I was thinking, well, I'm not gonna, they're going to know if I give them a junky toy. Like, they're already going to know. But that's when I truly begin to understand, even as a young kid, the heart of a generous, to have a generous heart. It's when I'm giving something, even if I really enjoyed that toy, but if I know they liked my toy more than I liked it, hey, I'm going to bless them with something they're going to enjoy. But it's the same with your money. If you're close-fisted with your money and God says, hey, I need you to give, and you say, ah, well, I'll give, I'll give my time or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go serve over here, but I'm not willing to give my money, I don't have a generous heart because I'm doing the easy thing, not the thing that God is saying, I need you to sacrifice your flesh, crucify your flesh, and walk in obedience to me. So developing a generous heart is, is one thing, but part of it is, am I giving something that I actually want to hang on to? Not just, again, tossing out cash out the window, but when God prompts me to give and when his word commands me to give, am I doing it out of obedience? Let's look at 1 John 3. It says this, verse 16, we know that real love, we know real love uh, is, what sorry, let me start over. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Whoo, come on. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions. This is the principle, right? Do I can say that I'm, I'm generous. I can say that I love to give of my time. I love to give, you know, to people. I love to help out in need. But if I'm not doing it, right, I don't have a generous heart, but it's going to take me developing a generous heart. And sometimes it starts with simple act of obedience. And one of the easiest ways to develop a generous heart, and we'll talk about this in a few coming weeks, is to honor God with your first 10% of your income, the tithe. Once I show God that, like I said, I've never met a tither who hasn't said, man, I wish we didn't tithe. I've said, I've always met tithers who say, we are so blessed. And because of that, I got no issue going above and beyond. Let's look at the last one is this. Keep a grateful heart. Develop a generous heart. Keep a grateful heart. Keep a grateful heart. The last verse, Deuteronomy 15. The gospel's simple, y'all, right? We read a few verses today. This is the last verse. Look at this. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you Therefore, I command you this thing today. This is how he ends the passage. He's talking about giving. There's the year of release. It's approaching. I don't want to give because I'm selfish. He said, doesn't matter. You give anyway. Well, I'm, after I give, I'm going to grieve what I have given out of my abundance or what God gave me. doesn't matter. It's not yours to begin with. God's going to meet you. He's going to supply your need. He's going to back you. Everything you put your hand to is going to be blessed moving forward. And at the very end of this, he's saying, I'm, it is a command. 
I'm commanding you to do this thing. Why? Because you were a slave, you've been redeemed, and here's how you can walk in obedience into your new life now, okay? Being generous is not a suggestion in the kingdom of God. Let me make that clear. It is a command. <laughs> We're not sugarcoating it. We don't do that here to buy church, okay? <laughs> Being generous is not a suggestion. Hey, you should, you know, give. You should help people out. You should be kind to others, right? It's a command. It's a command. And though this was written back in Deuteronomy to a certain group of people, you may say, well, yeah, yeah, but Pastor Dan, right? Old Testament, um, you know, we weren't slaves in the land of Egypt, okay? But if you read the New Testament, Romans 6 tells us this. Yeah, we may not have been slaves in the land of Egypt, but Romans 6 says that you were a slave to sin. God has redeemed us, and so now he commands us to be generous. You were a slave. Everything in the Old Testament is a picture of the new. It's a picture of Jesus. It's a picture of our new life. Even going into the promised land, the promised land for us is not a, necessarily a physical land. The promised land for us is a spiritual place that we step into in the spiritual realm, flowing with milk and honey. It's not necessarily we're going to go conquer a land in, in 2021. That's not it. The promised land for us is a spiritual place that we get to go into when we allow Jesus, who is a version of Moses, to come and to set us free, to be baptized. Oh, man, I'm getting into a toilet. To be baptized in the Red Sea and to move on. That's a totally different message, okay? But all I'm saying is this. Yes, it was written to a certain group of people, but the principle is the same. You were a slave. You have been redeemed, though. And now in your new life, God says, I command you to do this thing. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to show you why is God seemingly so, it seems harsh when it comes to generosity sometimes. It seems harsh when it comes to what he asks of us to do, God's heart in all of it. And if I do not miss the next two weeks, especially next week, don't miss next week because the message is so good. If we don't live a generous life, does it hurt us? Yes. But can I tell you, it breaks God's heart because we are robbing him of the opportunity to put blessing in your life. That's what it comes down to. Why does it break God, breaks God's heart? Because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. It's easy to be generous when I remember what God's done for me and I keep gratitude in my heart and on my lips. Again, I talked a lot about money today. It's more than money. It's forgiveness. <laughs> it's easy to give forgiveness and it's easy to be, have a grateful heart when I remember what God's done for me and how he's forgiven me. You know, for a while in my life, I worked at Chick-fil-A and I had the, uh, several mornings I was opening, I was opening the shift and there was this lady that would come through. I think her name was Carol or something. I started with a C and she would come through every, almost every morning, every morning I was there at least. And she would come through the drive-thru. She would be there at, we'd open the doors at, or the drive-thru turns on at 6.30. She's waiting in line about 6.25. And uh, she would come through and she wouldn't order anything off the menu she would come through and she would order a medium uh, iced water and then a large cup of ice with extra, extra ice. Every day she said the same thing. That's it. So we don't, we're not charging her, right? Because it's water, right? I mean, you know, some people might try to charge her, but she was the grumpiest person I have ever met. And uh, she was the first customer every day. <laughs> 
<laughs> One of those situations. Medium cup iced water, large cup, extra, extra ice. And if that large cup of extra ice, the, the plastic lid wasn't bulging on top, she would can it back to you. More ice. You got it. My pleasure, right? <laughs> um, we had another lady that, I, that worked with me several mornings. She was a little bit older than me. And she had tendency to be a little grumpy in the morning. And so I realized really quick, being one of the directors, I was like, well, she doesn't need to be working the window when this lady comes through because them two together ain't good, okay? They just, they're just getting at each other. Um, and we just made a decision. I got our team together and I said, we're making a decision. We are going to be the best stop of her day. She comes through here and we're going we're gonna to put a smile on. And when she hands that cup back and says, give me more ice, we're going to say, yes, ma'am. And we're going to do it. And we're going to hand it to her and we're going to go above and beyond. We're going to give kindness when I shouldn't be giving kindness, right? <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. That's the agreement we made. And it took a while, but eventually we got to her. Eventually, several months later, after seeing her every day, after I handed her her cup, both cups, she stopped for a second before she pulled off and she said, you know, she goes, you guys are really nice to me. She said, no one else treats me the way you guys do. I have no one else that is kind to me in my life. No family at home, nobody at work. And yeah, is that... I don't know why she's grumpy, right? But that doesn't help that no one's nice to her because she's grumpy first. But this is what having a generous heart is about. Does somebody always deserve it? No. But did I deserve Jesus? No. Why do I give? Because I have his spirit in me. I can't help myself. And when I should return bitterness, when people give me bitterness or angry, when people give me anger, I can stop and I can say, you know what? I'm going ch- to choose to give kindness today. I'm going to choose to give my money today. I'm going to choose to buy those groceries today because I have the means. God's blessed me. It's not mine to begin with. Why do I have a kind heart? It's a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> I'm not kind in myself. I'm kind because of Him. How can I give joy to someone else? I don't have joy in myself. I have joy. I have the joy of Jesus. How can I give peace to someone else and pray with them? Because I know the Prince of Peace. He's with me. He walks with me every day. I can give peace. Do you see it? It's just a channel thing. It's not a striving. I need to be better and be more generous. No, it's a yielding thing. God, you are Lord. I'm going to reject the selfishness of my nature. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to develop a generous heart. I'm going to overcome the grieving process by saying, no, I trust your promises and not what I see with my own eyes. And I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be grateful when I give. I'm going to say, God, thank you that I have the money to give. Thank you that I have the time to give. If you've ever been in a place, and this is why giving generosity is above money. It involves money, sure, but it's above it. But Leslie and I went through times in our life where we didn't have the money to, to put a full tank of gas in. Anybody ever been there before? Like when you had a full tank of gas, it's like, God, you're so good. Like I haven't had a full tank of gas in years. I've been there. I, I get it. That's why generosity isn't, isn't just a money thing. It's a heart thing. And when I choose to be generous in here and I put feet to my faith, 
God can open the windows of heaven and do more in my life than I can in my own. So it's easy to have a grateful heart because I know where I've been. And maybe you're not at the place. Maybe you're still putting a, a quarter tank of gas in your tank at a time. Maybe that's where you're at financially right now. I'm not here to dog you. I'm just saying God's, God provides. But when I remember where I've been, when I can, I can do a full tank of gas now, but I couldn't years ago, I'm thankful. When I can buy some groceries, I'm thankful. Man, I'm thankful. And that's what it's all about, right, this week. No matter how good or maybe, depending on your family, how awful Thanksgiving might be, the people aren't the Lord of your life. He is. Be thankful. Be thankful. Here's a reflection question. I'll wrap up here. I forgot my watch today, so sorry if I'm going long, okay? <laughs> the reflection question is this. How's your heart? When we looked at these four things, when you look at Deuteronomy 15, and I would encourage you to read it. Read it this week. How's your heart? What do I battle the most? Maybe I'm battling not giving because I have the selfish heart. Maybe I battle the grieving process. Like, ah, I don't trust God enough, but I need to build my faith there. Where are you at? It's okay to be honest. You need to be honest so God can show you how you can grow. And then the last thing is this. Is there something God's been prompting you to give that you haven't yet? Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's hope. Maybe you're supposed to reach out to that person you haven't talked to in a while and, and prayed with them or encouraged them or write them a letter, but you haven't yet. That's giving. What's the thing God's prompting you to give that you haven't done yet? Do it this week. And watch what God will do. Watch the blessing of God surround your life. Oh, man, and go everywhere that you go. I promise you, he's that good. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you are so good to us. Thank you for being a generous God who loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to come, to die while we were still sinners. You still chose to, to, to die for us. God, thank you for raising him from the dead so that we can have life, so that our Lord and our Savior is alive today. His spirit is active in our lives. And God, I pray that as we go and as we apply your word to our heart, that you would help us renew our mind, renew our heart on a daily basis so that we can walk in generosity and represent you well. And God, I thank you that as we do, we're, gonna, we're not gonna grieve when we give. We're gonna walk in boldness when we give because we know your word is true. As we walk as you walk, because we're abiding you, your word says that everything we put our hand to, it's gonna prosper. There's no need to worry. There's no need to stress. We're not gonna worry about tomorrow. We're gonna be focused on today and we're gonna seek you first and everything else you're gonna take care of. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.